0: Hi, I'm Marily Albert, the founder of One Village Green, a mental health nonprofit. And you are listening to Wake Up. Unless you've been living under a rock for the last several years, you've seen something somewhere about the growing mental health crisis in our country, especially amongst our youth. Something is wrong. But what is causing this crisis? We will examine the problem and find solutions to improve our collective mental health. So let's put our heads together and let's find a way to a better future. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. the mental health podcast. I have a very exciting guest today who has also been really interested in mental health issues. She is a movie producer, TV producer, and has produced a series regarding mental health and the mental health crisis in our youth. She's a producer and a partner in Straight Up Impact Films, and the series is called Meaning in Madness. And her name is Marisa Pulvino, And Marisa, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit more in depth,
1: and then we'll talk more about the series. Okay. Hi, everybody. Hi, Marilee. Thank you so much for having me. As uh, Marilee said, yes, I'm a producer and a partner at Straight Up Impact which is a film, TV, documentary company that creates thought-provoking and cinematic content to um, enact positive social change and shift perspectives. And one of our main projects that we're going out with right now is called the Meaning and Madness series. It explores the different system issues that are contributing to the mental health crisis in young adults and teens today. As we all know, suicide is an epidemic in this country and really growing globally. And we wanted to, as producers and as mothers, to explore what's contributing to this, aside from you know all the topical things like, they call it video games, they call it social media, which sure, that could be a component to it, but we wanted to examine more deeply what are the mechanistic systems that are dehumanizing our kids and treating them as a number versus a human being, leaving them with a lack of purpose and meaning, which then can create an existential vacuum, which results in anxiety, depression, and oftentimes suicide. Okay. I want to,
0: let's get to the series. And I'm super curious about what you learned while producing this. Each film is, well, they're beautifully done firstly, but each of them explores a different topic. Obviously we have one that talks about the foster care system, one that talks about the education system, and one
1: that talks about psychiatry and medication. So So they are all interwoven as each of these systems creates an environment that is dehumanizing. And so there's many, many areas where they overlap, where you have a school system which is really reliant on these test scores and the billion-dollar testing industry which creates an environment for kids who are valuing themselves based on this number and based on an educational system that's not really preparing them for the future or the present in which they live in today. It's very antiquated. And what it's creating for kids is this this sense of like, let me ace the test and get the test score without creating a real learning and engaging experience for them where they have a zest to live in an environment that that really nurtures their passions and their personal interests that will contribute to kind of a lifelong um, zest for self-education and career in an area that thrives for them personally and professionally. And which results also in this drive for the perfect test score and the perfect SAT score and all the APs and all the honors, plus all the extracurriculars, plus all the service hours, et cetera, creates very little sleep, creates angst, creates exhaustion, which then leads to things like Adderall, which then creates anxiety. So anti-anxiety medication comes in, which then leads to depression. So the anti-depression medication comes in. And so the components of this tie into our other film, which explores the healthcare system and the over-prescribing of SSRIs with no end in sight. So what we're facing now is a society both adults and youth that have over 19 million prescriptions for Adderall this year. Now what does that do? Well there's an Adderall shortage. So kids that have been reliant on the use of Adderall are now finding themselves on, you know, in the black market trying to buy street drugs to give them that same effect for Adderall, which then leads to again like the fentanyl crisis. So I think when you like look at deeply at these systems, it's not just education. It's education that comes with all these other components to it. Isolation, lack of self-worth, lack of meaning by being able to thrive and grow in areas that you are passionate in. And I think also like the world that we live in today, it's all about an entrepreneurial system. Nobody gets out of high school, goes to college, gets the job, has the job for 40 years, retires, has the pension fund. Like that's not the world we live in today. So we believe, and I believe, that schools need to shift shift how they're approaching education, which a lot of a lot of them are. There's hope in all of this. That there are schools that are starting to be more student-centered. There are parents that are waking up to this and not pushing their kid their kids to do that like cradle to grave pursuit of excellence through a number. But it's us looking at the system and where it's broken and saying as parents, as community members, what are we doing to our kids? And how do we come together and take control and ownership outside of these systems and bring them back into your own home and in your own communities? Let me ask you
0: this. What did you learn doing these, this series that surprised you? Not so much. What did you learn that you already felt, but like, what did, did you learn anything new? Did you feel that you learned something that you hadn't considered before? Or was I mean, it pretty much like, I, I yeah, learned that just, I'm not alone.
1: As a parent, one, that I'm not alone, two, that the numbers are staggering. Um, I didn't even realize not only the medication, but how many kids are facing really deep levels of anxiety, deep, deep levels of depression. And it's frightening, it's alarming. And what I'm finding is that everyone's pointing a finger at like social media. And I do believe that social media is a component to it. But Is that really the problem or why are kids not going into communities and being a part of like being of service authentically, being of service to their communities, as opposed to using this opportunity to be of service as something to put on a resume to go to a college because it looks good. And I went to a private school that was somewhat competitive Mm -hmm. many, many, many years ago. Mm -hmm. And the pressures to perform and to excel were certainly there. However, not to what I see today. And it's not just in academics, you know, it's it's the academics, it's the extracurriculars, it's the club sports, it's the resume building. And most of them, again, which I learned after interviewing so many, is they had no idea why they're doing it. They did all this work to get into school and then they get there and they're like, what the fuck am I doing here? And then they drop out. Some go back, some don't. Some take a few years, some take a detour. And so this drop-off rate of kids now, which I think is amazing saying, you know what, I'm opting out of that path. I can always revisit school down the line. So I think that that's a great development right now that in probably more in sophisticated cities this is happening. But a lot of kids are just reassessing what that path is going to be because I think they've woken up to the, the education system as it is currently structured. In many, many schools and not all the alternative schools, not all the special schools that that a lot of people can send their kids to um, are not harnessing the inherent and intrinsic value of an individual student as opposed to a number on a test score.
0: That's true. I want to go to one of your movies that I watched, the one about the young girl who, and her brother, they were put on all the medication. You had a family in crisis the parents got divorced and the girl started exhibiting really extreme anxiety she started having panic attacks because you know i watched it it was a beautifully shot film it was beautifully depicted but it was it was sad but what i found kind of interesting was the mom reached out for help to try to find help for her daughter and it sounds like she couldn't find a psychologist so she ended up with a psychiatrist but I wonder if if she reached out to look for a psychologist first and then just couldn't find
1: one. Do you remember? From the interview, I believe she reached out, I mean, 10, 20 doctors yeah. trying to figure yeah. figure it out. So I'm sure within that was a psychologist and then a psychiatrist and then just going through yeah. the medical system, which- And looking know, for a quick fix, you're right. MD.
0: I mean, when your child is having panic attacks, I mean, or if, if they're presenting with ideation, of self-harm. It is scary. It's very, very scary. And you do want those things to go away and to just be done. School as well. There's so much fear of of what happens if my child doesn't achieve what they need to achieve. And then that leads to a lot of this ADD stuff because it's like, oh my God, my kid is going to fall behind and they're not going to do well. And I find interesting academically in public school, I just can't believe they're not they haven't changed the way they're teaching. My kids' high school has a hybrid program where you do partially on campus and partially Zoom, and it really has helped a lot of kids who just can't do it every day, um, and they're more independent, like in terms of their time. But what strikes me is that they're not changing the way they're teaching. I know a lot of private schools have changed the way they're teaching, but. Not everybody learns math the same way, and yet they're still seemingly teaching it the same way. Yeah, it's. And then we are medicating children at an earlier age. And, you know, like you say, we don't know the effects um, on the developing brain.
1: Did you do one on social media? Not yet. The goal is to, we're going out with a company called Village Roadshow, and we are going out with them to set this up as an ongoing series because there's just so many other layers to really explore. What if you if you after having done this series
0: or you're in the process of still producing it, what do you think is the biggest cause of this crisis? Or do you think it's just too too simple to say one thing or another? Cuz I I think you know I, if you're I, looking I at I don't
1: think there's any one cause.
0: Yeah. There's no one cause, but if you were looking at solutions societally, What would you feel would be a good place to start somewhere in the school system or because obviously that's where kids go spend most
1: of their time? I think more community, just opening ourselves up as a community to discussion and really another thing, listening to our kids. Our kids are like can be really loud and they'll tell us if we're open to listening to them without our own preconceived ideas and notions of what the right path is for them. This issue of community is a big one. And it's societal shifts
0: that have eroded community. Um, Human beings are by nature communal. We're we're, we're designed to be around people. In fact, interestingly, um, a couple of my guests, you know, psychiatrists, PhDs or doctors have brought up this issue of community. I think if there was a through line that everybody can agree with, it would be a lack of community a lack of connectivity and face-to-face and community. And it seems like the only places where that exists are churches and temples, and fewer and fewer people are joining. Families oftentimes have different religions within the family, or people just aren't involved in religion at all. And then maybe the way schools are set up, You know, also neighborhoods, you know, you don't see kids out on the street in the same way. Kids aren't at the park. You know, kids aren't out and about. Like when I was a kid, we were just always out and about. I think we also live in a
1: fear-based culture. Yeah. I was literally just going to say that there's a lot of fear.
0: Yeah. And imagine being a kid. And our kids are are absorbing all of that. Well, you know, a lot of people talk about social contagion. And, you know, the more that we have mass media and social media, the more that these things become contagions. But it looks like we've hit the end of our time. Do you want to um, tell us some links so
1: that people could watch? Um, is the series available at all online yet? The series is not available yet, but hopefully very soon at a theater slash television near you. Yeah, if you want to reach Marisa yep. or talk you about her series. You can reach to me on Instagram anytime, at Marisa Palvino. My goal is to become a lot more vocal about all of these issues that I see impacting the wellness of our kids and our communities.
0: Absolutely. And that's why we're here talking about it. Same reason. Maybe if we keep asking questions, we'll slowly get to some solutions. You've brought up some interesting points that nobody else has. So I want to thank you, Marisa, for coming on and thank you all for listening. And we look forward to seeing you again.